Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is a special episode with my co-host, Nicole Janton. Just want to let you know, we are not doctors by any means. Um, This is advice and any which way possible. We're just caring and sharing with some personal experiences that we've had in the healthcare system. It's going to come up today, healthcare, doctors, medications. We're going to be raw, real, and vulnerable with you because that's why we show up and do what we do so we all can learn and grow together while being hopefully slightly entertained. (laughs) So with that being said, how you doing, Nicole? I'm doing well, thank you. So excited to be here with you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. So as we came on today, you can see Oh, if you're not looking at the video, please uh, go to the link below, hop over to the YouTube. My hair is white. Yes, my hair is white. Seriously. I mean, let's just start there. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm like Andy Warhol. I feel like white. Oh my God, white. I was crying when it all happened. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get your hair done? Yeah, I get my hair done mm, every year, every eight months. That's why I like the balayage because it grows out nicely. Yeah, totally. Um, I've had that done a couple of times and it's it does. After the few weeks, it really like gets a really good vibe going. And I feel like with this white hair, that's going to happen with me as well. So just to start from the top, well, I mean, the top should be right now. I just went in, like when I booked it, you know, I booked a haircut and I booked just top highlights. I just wanted a face frame. I just wanted a, just the bangs. And just around the face, just the top, very simple. That's it. So I ended up going. I was there for four hours. I was dizzy from smelling the chemicals. I was exhausted. You know, I had the blue in my hair before. And so I just needed to, the blue would be even more poppy. I needed to just get that one layer of blonde on the top just so I could go home and then just put the blue on myself because it's like super fun and easy to do. And I'm an artist. I just rock it, make it work. It's been working for me since last February. It's all good. Anyway, he's like, oh no, like you need more. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you need like um, a second process. And so I've never had a second process. I didn't know what that meant. And I'm just like, I trust you. Okay. And then, and then he told me about the second process thing. So then he like puts me back under. He does like more things on my head. I feel like I'm in like an alien, not an alien but something from outer space and then it's like burning a little and I'm like I'm like letting him know like oh it's like burning a little like my bangs were already good like I literally like sent a photo to my mom because it was like blonde hair and then blue hair I'm like oh that's so cool it was like two-toned like blonde hair blue hair my mom's like you like that I'm like yeah it looks cool then he went on to do that whole second process thing and then to take out all the blue out so I guess he was like he's like how are you doing I'm like yeah I'm fine you know and I'm just like breathing through it because I'm like you know diligent and patient and I'm like this is my first time having this experience like I don't know what's going on here I'm just like breathing I'm like yeah uh uh-huh yeah I'm good I'm like I'm hungry I'm tired I'm like what time did you get here he's like 11 I'm like okay so anyway um when he was like washing me I'm like why is he like doing this again it was already like really blonde and then I go to like uh look at my hair and that that whole cool thing is gone however um then so then he was um blow drying my hair and I'm just like so tired I'm like no let's just please don't I'm I was like crying because I couldn't I've never seen my hair this white before like it's never been this way in my life. Um, it was also it was like lavender, like the color of like your shirt exactly and I didn't know but it was from the toner he's like oh it'll come out but my hair was like white with purple splotches of toner and then this so it was insane he did not charge me I tried to pay him he wouldn't take the money I'm like let me pay you something like it's four hours I was there from 
five to nine. I'm like, let me pay you something. He wouldn't take any money. But before that happened, I was sitting in my chair because like it was so late, he couldn't cut my hair. I'm like, yeah, like I had to tell him like, oh, I'll come back because I'm I'm, like dizzy. I'm so tired. Anyway, he broke up with me. He told me he cannot do my hair. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I think because I cried, I probably made him feel bad. And like, he maybe just didn't know how to deal with like, I have a lot of hair. And everyone's like, Oh my god, you have so much hair. You have so much hair. So maybe he's been doing my hair for like two years. Like he's like, I only go to him like, you know, once every like four or five months, I only do my hair like twice a year, honestly, to get it cut. I just like let it be wild. But he yeah, he broke up with me completely broke up with me told me I'm like, wait, you did this to my hair. And you're telling me you can't see me now. I was like, Okay, interesting. So I went home, you're gonna die. So I went home and I'm doing my thing looking at my it's all white, like white and wet and in a bun. You know, can't believe it. I was crying. I'm like, the only good thing I have going for me is my hair. Like, and I had, and it was perfect and natural. And I had to like go mess this up. Like, I'm like, like literally, if my hair burnt from it being too blonde and it fell out, I could like ruin my hair. Like, ruin my hair. Like, my hair is so baby precious soft. Like, it's the first time I've like ever put anything on there like that, right? I've only, I don't have to get in how many times I've highlighted my hair. Like, not a lot. Okay. Like, I can count on one, one hand. He's done it twice to my hair. And I did it once in Michigan during the pandemic. It was a nightmare. And then my guy in Beverly Hills did it twice. Okay, so I've done it like five times. Long story short, highlights with the bleach, the highlights. And the guy in Beverly Hills is the one that did the ombre balayage dope dopeness, right? Knew how to do it right. Anyway, they charge a very good price at Lower East Side here. So anyway, so I go, I'm home crying. I go to book the appointment. Like I have a huge busy day. They're open on Mondays, which is surprising because normally salons take Mondays off. So Monday, I made the appointment. I put, and he won't see me, so I can't book with him. So I randomly, they're like, I'm like randomly, like there's an option book with anyone. So I'm like, oh, book with anyone. And I look at the confirmed appointment and guess who it's with? (laughs) No, it's with Yoshi. It's with Yoshi. And um, and and then I tried to so then I go book another appointment. And I booked another one with this amazing woman. And so that was my appointment. And then I went to go delete the because I didn't want to delete it. And then it book him again. So I like made two bookings. And then I deleted Yoshi. I d- deleted it, right. And it's like, you can't delete it. It's, you know, less than 24 hours. So then I had to send a message. I'm like, yo, Yoshi won't see me. I'm like, I tried to book it. It like, it it put me with him. I'm like, he won't see me. He won't cut my hair. <laughs> and and so when I woke up in the morning and it was canceled. And then before I would over there, I'm like, I, hi, this is so-and-so. I just want to make sure I have an appointment. And it was secure because I know I booked one. So I wanted to make sure they both weren't booked. And like, maybe they had a conversation. Then that wasn't like invited to the hair studio anymore or something. Like Gosh. people are weird. You just don't know. You know what I mean? I was like so surprised. And so anyway, I showed up on Monday the next day. I'm walking up and guess who's outside smoking a cigarette yoshi yeah yeah exactly so i go in he runs in after me because he didn't realize like i made a hair appointment he's like trying to fix everything i'm just like yeah i'm you know getting my hair done getting it cut and he's like looking at my hair he's like it's gonna get better he's like you know like you know i can fix it for you and i'm like um i don't think we should put any more bleach or color on my hair right now. I need to like relax. Um, It's too much. So, so he's like, yeah, in about a week, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'll stop by. He's like, okay. And I'm thinking in my head, uh, that I'm not going to want to make that commitment.
commitment. I'm like, or I'll send some photos. Like, I'll let you know, like how it's doing. So but no, like, literally, you're like the fifth person I've talked to or who's seen me like since then, not a lot of people who like who's seen me and they say they like it. And I'm like, some completely shocked because like, I'm it's like white. I don't know. I just I, maybe it's gonna grow on me. But I was just completely shocked. And um, I can't believe it. The one thing I do like, though, I have to tell you that I accidentally saw two nights ago when I was like, um, trying on clothes and scarves and beauty things to like feel good to go out to like some events in New York fashion weeks coming up here. But look at this. And when I turn my head to the side, I have a whole Sia thing going on because I only face framed it here and here. But because I only face framed it here and here, he didn't just face frame it. He did like like the half part that sits up here and not the back. So look at that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You still have like your full brown back there. Wow. Yeah. There's like a perfect line of like Sia black and white, but it's like brown and white, but it's, it's like so white that it looks black. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a full, it looks cool. Like from the side, like for a photo shoot, like, like yeah. the symmetry, like obviously I went to a quality place who like did a beautiful integration with the thing. I just don't want my hair feeling like a horse's freaking tail because Aww. of it. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, like I, like no matter what, like I wasn't mad at him. I didn't blame him. I didn't shame him. I'm like, you've had a long day. Like you tried your best. Like, I mean, I wish he would have communicated with me. Um, I didn't, but he He's, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a language barrier or something like that. I it had to be a language barrier, but I've learned moving forward, no matter what you have in your mind, it's important to take photos and show people the blonde you think you want, how like what you want, because I was and especially when you're going for a cut, I had the I had a situation that happened, you know, with the woman when I was telling her like, Selena Gomez bangs like blunt, not thin because I have a colic and then it'll go up if it's if, if they're too thin, you have to be heavy enough to hold down the, the bangs. But also like I don't want soccer mom with all those freaking layers. Like I like supermodel, edgy, Calvin Klein, Chanel, like supermodel, boss, like pin straight, like beautiful, healthy looking hair. Right. Mm-hmm. And even when you say that she just, thank goodness she cared and wanted to be very specific. So I just showed her photos, but it's important to sh- show up with photos before, you know, like just like assuming like someone's going to know what you want. And I think we can apply that same hair principle to like a lot of things we want in life, like use that same principle because we have so much expectations of what we want and project it onto other people outside to like take care of us in such a way. And it's a fundamental relationship that actually does develop. That's why I was like, Oh my god, my my hairdresser broke up with me. Like it sounds like you know, but it's like, it's a a thing because you think they're getting to know you, you feel like you can trust them that they get you, you know, and then and then you feel like, what the frick? You know, so yeah, I was like, I was, and like for the third time, like wanting to pay him some money. I wasn't like, oh, I'm not paying, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm like, please let me, like, you worked on my hair for four hours. Like, like you try, like, let me, he, he wouldn't. He's like, he feels guilty, which shows his, his character and his ethics, which I totally respect and admire too. I get, yeah. So anyway, those are some of my hair things. Any thoughts like on that? Do you have any similarities of like what happened or like what's going, am I, is this, oh my gosh, it's new for me because I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't, um, my hair was just like long all the time. I wasn't, I didn't get it dyed. I didn't, I didn't have like this girl kind of talk when I was like a kid growing up, like all the girls in school. But how long have you been getting your hair done? Like how's, do you have any similar situations that you know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do I ever have some (laughs) situations? I have been through the ringer with this hair. Oh my gosh. And I love that you mentioned that we need to show photos, but even if you do show a photo, you still need to make sure that the hairdresser understands your vision. Maybe 
maybe can communicate it back to you. Because what comes to mind for me is back when I was in um, elementary school, actually, I went for my first ever haircut by myself without my mom there to tell the hairdresser what to do. I was so proud of myself. I had a picture picked out. I think it was Jessica Alba, long layers, like nothing crazy. And I ended up walking out with a mullet. So they literally cut my hair like right at the eye level, a thick layer and then left my length. It was about the same length that it is now. So quite long, but like all just stringy strands. So I left. I I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I guess I didn't fully notice while I was there, but I was like, okay, great. My hair. I got my first haircut. I went home. My mom's like, what happened to you? (laughs) She's like, we're going back there right now. We got a refund. I'm pretty sure that the hairdresser actually got fired, which I do feel bad about, but she like really butchered my hair and it was a super cuts. So it wasn't exactly like a high-end salon learned my lesson there yeah (laughs) and so they ended up having to cut it into like a little bob but I still looked like I had a mullet for like years Wow. So I, I feel for you. You went in for years? A couple years it took to grow out, right? Because there was a quite a thick layer there. Did you wear like headbands and scars to make it more feminine and girly? Or were you young and you didn't even think about those things? I was young and I was a tomboy. So I guess I didn't really care that much. But my aunt yeah. in hindsight has been like, I don't know how you left the house looking like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. A few years. I mean, that can do a lot of emotional damage on insecurity, the way we feel, the way we show up, like if people comment, if they like it or if they don't, it's based off of the exterior of what people see in the first three seconds, if they're going to like you or make fun of you, especially when you're, how young were you? I was probably like 12. Oh, I mean, seriously, that's like the age. Right. That's the transition of everything. Oh my God. Preteen. I know. And I feel like for you, I'm sure a part of the shock is like, if you haven't really went this blonde before, it's so far from your natural color that it almost feels like it's not you. Like I know before we got on, Katie was being like, do I look sick? Do I look ugly? And I'm like, no, I think you look beautiful. But also to you, you're like, this isn't me. Right. Yeah. I feel so washed out right now. Like I feel, I feel so washed out. I feel like I look like I'm like sickly, you know, it's like, I need to get out of the house or something, <laughs> which I am. I'm going to this event. I'm supposed to go to this jazz thing. I wish you were here so you could go with me. Cause yeah. uh, I mean, I used to, I honestly, I used to like love going to places like all by myself, just showing up to meet people. But now I have more comfort in like inviting someone to like go with me. And I think that's fine too, because that's like a whole nother conversation. But like, I used to like going like solo meeting people because you never know who you're going to meet and you can be like the lucky one. But I mean, you're taken. But I mean, like I could meet someone, but I guess I could still meet someone while I'm taking a guest with me. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like like I feel like there's a lack of motivation by actually having accountability like person to like make it like lighter and fun. Like, oh, I wish we could go together. We go together. Then I can go and have an experience instead of like feeling awkward going, talking and meeting people. Because right now I'm in the position where I can like it's winter. My home is so cold cozy. It's so nice. I'm doing so well. I'm in season. I'm working like just educating myself, reading, making tea, making myself food. Like it's insane. I I've been just like really enjoying like my own company and just dismantling stuff. But but then you could be like a homebody and like in nonstop. So it's like important to make sure you're you're going out for healthy patterns and stuff too. But like, I mean, it's nighttime. I don't go on the train. I would only go like in an Uber like there and like right back. So anyway, long story short. Yeah, that's kind of like a whole 
shtick. But circling back around on hair, any other hair stories? Yeah, so I actually have one that a little bit relates more to yours because I ended up having to go dark, dark brown, but it was because of a hair accident. And so this one was actually my own fault. Backing it up a little bit, at the time I had a perm. So, you know, the chemical curls, I had that. And I mean, it was like waves, not like this kind of waves that I have here now, but it was okay. All right. For a young kid who didn't have nice hair, didn't want to style their hair, it was fine. It was better. But then I decided, oh, my parents are going away. I think I want to dye my hair lighter. So what do I do? Go to the drugstore, get a box of blonde hair dye, which is please, if you're listening, never do this. Never attempt to go blonde by yourself. It is not a thing. So this is what I did. And like you, I have a whole ton of hair. And so my sister was putting it on for me. We only got through the half of the hair. So one side of my head was blonde. We wash it out. It's like yellow, blotchy, like horrible. And blotchy. Yeah. And then the other side was still my natural color. So I had a little like Cruella DeVille moment, but not, it wasn't nice. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I went to the drugstore again to be like, look, this is what happened. They're like, the only way you're going to be able to fix this is going dark to cover it up. So that's what I did. And again, don't take that advice. Go to your hairdresser. If you do make the first mistake, take it to a professional. But no, I was like, okay, I'm, I got to cover this. I can't have like, it was horrible. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't even take any pictures. Although in hindsight, I wish I did. And so I dyed it. It was like dark, like, like black brown. And for me, like when I was a kid, I had bleach blonde hair. This is like, now my hair has gotten darker, but it's still kind of like a light brown. So when I go that dark, it made me feel so washed out like you. And I think it just, you know, when you go so far from your natural color, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I was thinking like Wednesday from Adam family when you say dark yeah so uh, my, what happened was when I first did my hair cobalt blue like I just I took the the balayage like it was done and I just like was putting the cobalt blue on the bangs and here and I was like F it this is fun and I did my whole head and it was like dark and it looked super cool but it was so dark and it was it was a for a while so that's why moving forward I'm like oh I'll just do the front and the the, the sides of the face frame and leave my natural hair alone but what happened was when I did do it dark, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I felt like my spirit was dark. I felt like everything, I felt like my depression more, like heavy, like I looked, like I thought maybe I looked like sickly, like being so, so dark. <laughs> so I look sickly when I'm white. I look sickly when I'm dark. Like, geez, I need to let up on myself. But <laughs> um, th- we are, we're, we're hard on ourselves, like as humans, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. one of the first episodes we did was all about like self-care and, and how do we do that. And it's right there, like calling ourselves out when we're aware. And even if we're laughing in a lighthearted way about it, you know, not only dark, intimidating, I felt intimidating, I felt it was powerful. And I was intimidated by my power. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting outlook on it. Because you know, I felt the same way when I went dark, I felt like my depression was coming up stronger. I felt all of these emotions, I ended up going on a vacation afterwards and like bawling my eyes out over my hair. I didn't want to leave the room, all of these things. My mom's like, that's it, we're getting your hair done. And so like in this random location, I went and got my hair stripped. And then I was like, gingery blonde, because of course, when you go that dark, they can't fully lift it like you know they had to do two processes for you to get it to that white and that's your natural brown imagine like a dyed box horrible brown 
Yeah, yeah. One time in like 2012, not the top layer of my hair, but underneath it, uh, the left side only was shaved above my ear in the back. Remember, so when you wore it in a ponytail, you would see like the shave, like that whole thing. My friend did it very a very nice job on it, and he's all about like energy with the hair when you're cutting, and so he like really nurtured my head like a like a baby's head, you know, like was really particular of like you know energy, and I'm sensitive to touch and things of that nature, but he did a really nice job and then I had it bleached white and I put um this uh turquoise blue on it so that was in 2012 I bleached my blonde eyebrows my eyebrows blonde and I did the turquoise blue and I was like on a modeling job for Ruthie Davis she used to do like Beyonce's baby shoes like like super (laughs) bougie and uh and I was an in-house model for like you know Jimmy Choo and like Todd's Roger Vivier you know all the all the brands Balenciaga all that stuff and so I'm I'm at Ruthie Davis and this is in 2012. I'm in New York, okay? I'm like looking like an amazing head to toe fashionista going to my modeling job. Then the Ruthie Davis, like I got cut early. Like I still get paid, but they were done with me early. I literally, it took me about like one minute to walk out the door, not even. My agent calls me and she's like, are your eyebrows blue? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, why? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I just thought it'd be fun because they're not they're not photographing my face like I'm wearing shoes. I'm in house small. She's like, change it, fix it. So I like went to CVS. I got one of those eyebrow thingies and just like put the dark over the blue. So like any job I had because it takes two weeks, it just grows out. But now look, it's 2023. People have now it's acceptable to have your hair pink and purple and blue and all sorts of colors. But in 2012, just because I had my eyebrows blue, like it was so so unacceptable. It just it kind of gives you a trajectory of what was allowed just then and what's like allowed like a decade later, you know, which is like kind of like the norm. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy that they, you know, right away made you want to change it. It's almost like there was more stigma around it at that time. Yeah, 1000%. Yeah. And and how someone can judge so quickly, you know, and mm-hmm. like, no matter like how hot you are, like people still had tattoos, like I didn't have a tattoo or a nose ring or a piercing. It was just like my eyebrows. It was like such a little thing, but like, that's how like judgmental and vain the modeling agency or the industry is too. That's, I guess, probably before we got on, I was like being so particular about my look as well, because it's just in my innate nature to be aware of my presentation, especially before I go on camera, like is anything in my teeth, which I guess would be normal. But from working in entertainment, that's one of the reasons why I like got away from modeling, because how can you be this amazing, great actor when you're supposed to be an observer? The last thing you want to do is be in your head thinking or judging. And so being an actor model is like the worst thing ever like it's like to be a really great actor like I said I had to like dismantle modeling because of how it is I don't even want to say cutthroat that's just like so cliche of how they say cutthroat like I mean just being more detailed with it which I just did of judging and over the like a speck of like dust if you have something on your shirt like oh my god like you wore that like that is on your shirt that mark right there like you didn't see that before you left the house <laughs> you know what I'm saying like 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 that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like in the, you know, it's almost like you're hiding behind your looks a lot of the time or not even just hiding behind your looks, but your looks are the main thing that's being presented. And with acting, it's so much more about getting, being able to get vulnerable and get into that emotional side of yourself. I feel like. Yeah. It is a look too, though, especially with TV. I don't know, like, I guess it's changed with um, diversity and inclusion because people can adopt and people can be like same sex and like have a child and things like
like that. But like, you know, growing up doing TV, a lot of times, like, I mean, for example, Cold Case was one of the most toughest shows to book, because a lot of times they needed to the cold case files, they had to match the family members from present day to, you know, the cold case files from before. So Barbara Forentino and Rebecca Mangieri, who cast me on those shows, you know, they would bring me straight to producers. And I would go straight to producers and the writers, directors, producers in this room, you know, with like 13 people in the chair stacked on top of each other, like watching me act like they were rooting for me. They wanted me on the show. It took me eight times on my eighth time. And that's why they gave me one of the reasons why they gave me a guest lead, not even a guest star. They gave me a guest lead on that show. Like I was like, obviously like a lead, a guest lead, but also like the Ford and what went behind you know a lot of times when you have job positions like someone you could give them a raise like oh my god this person's amazing I'm gonna show my appreciation but they're like oh, okay and they're not that excited about it, even though money's cool it's almost like the title like some people have different things that they get excited about like being acknowledged their title notoriety like sometimes like the money's cool but sometimes like other things are more important than just money I've always been you know it's the first time I've ever said this on the show though actually it's very I don't think I've like, it's been very rare that I've ever, ever told the story though. Like it's such in depth and details, but it really like strums my heart in such a way, knowing what that title for me means, guest lead, because with the people who are in the room and the casting directors, they know like how many times I showed up to book that role. Wow. That makes sense though, that you'd have to have the certain look to match the family or even if it wasn't a cold case like that, like match the family that you're playing a part of. Yeah. And then separately from forget the what we just talked about, just like another quick example is like, let's say it's just a a TV show, right? They're going to cast the main people first like is it the daughter who's going to be the main person or is it the mom that's the main person are are we focusing on the kids here or the parents like who's going to be the lead and who's going to be like the supporting to the main right and so what happened is let's let's say it's the little girl like she this girl's going to get all the attention she's like the lead of the show then they get these two moms right let's say two different moms one might be the better actor, but because she, the other one looks more like the daughter, they'll have, this is more for TV, we'll go with the less talented one. I mean, they're both probably talented, but they'll go with the less talented one instead of going with the better actor for the look to match it. Right. And that's how it was. So maybe it's changed a bit now, like I said, because of inclusion and diversity and people can be adopted or, you know, like there's so much different writing and characters now on shows, which is more open, which is awesome. Um, But I remember specifically, like it was like that all the time. Like, like I could have been the better actor, but someone else looked more the part. Mm. Wow. I'm, I can imagine that must have been frustrating at times. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of times. I There's so many times for so many reasons I didn't get so many roles and so many other people feel the same and they have their own stories. I mean, that's like a whole nother episode. We could totally <laughs> take note and talk about that. That'd be amazing, actually. Yeah. You know, especially from my lens and from your lens, like as a viewer who watches a fan of TV and then having the conversation like some for because you're like non-biased, right? Non-biased opinion. Yeah. Uh, I think that could be actually a cool like banter from like being in the fishbowl and then like enjoying like watching the fishbowl, right? <laughs> yeah. Talking about different things. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if I want to say anything more about that though, real quick. Yeah. And the, the last thing I wanted to mention about that is like, let's just say it's a huge network show and like X, Y, and Z is up for the show and they're like an amazing actor, but they don't know this person. Those executives, they have families, they have bosses, they have a network, they have 
fans. They have, it's a lot of money. They have their family. They have to feed their family. Like there's a lot of people that they feed. So sometimes maybe they'll just go with, I love Reese Witherspoon. I'm just going to use her name because a lot of people know her name. They'll go with the Reese Witherspoon or they'll go with the safe choice just because that means they're safe in their choices. Instead of taking a risk on someone who may be a different, better actor, not to Reese Witherspoon, there's no comparison, but I'm just saying to like another person who would be up for the role that they could very much like go with the safe route because we all have responsibilities at the end of the day and people to answer to. So I, I can't, I've always thought and I can't imagine how it would be for those people. I've never put myself in that kind of an environment, but that it would be interesting on one side, but also I'm sensitive. So it'd probably be very uh, disturbing, you know, to put myself to see like what actually happens behind the scenes. Maybe that's why on a interesting level, I just chose never to take that path. Mm, yeah, I feel like I would have felt the same. Yeah. Since we're on shows real quick, before we pivot, what are some of your favorite shows like now? That's a good question. Um, I hate to be that person that says I don't really watch that much TV. But a lot of the time when I watch TV, it's because I don't really want to think about anything. So I usually go for like the more mind numbing like reality TV. My favorite show has to be RuPaul's Drag Race. I just love the drag community. It's like so uplifting. When I watch a show, I want to feel more like, ha, ah, alive, like cheerful, happy. I'm not really somebody who typically goes for the more like intense um, mysteries or crime or definitely not horror, not really up my alley. Yeah, yeah. Personally. How about you? Um, I'm I'm honestly the same. Um, ever since I was a kid, um, I remember like you know we watched like Saved by the Bell, and I mean, oh, I mean Full House. Um, but I was never in that. Was like every Friday, and you get ready for Full House. But then after those, kind of like went away, and I just like kind of was like not into the TV. I was more into like hanging out with friends and going out, and you know just focus on different things. I wasn't ever a TV person. Like I I haven't put on the TV one time since I've been at my condo in New York. Like I'm not a person to ever put on a TV. I'm more, I've always been more of a streamer. Like if I sit, I'll like sit and binge something. I did Mad Men like all episodes like in a row. <laughs> I would just like order in. I would only like get up to go to the bathroom and get right back into bed <laughs> and just like watch. And I did that for um, uh, Brian Cranston. Um, I don't think I know the one you're talking about. There was Mad Men and then... Um, the one where he was like a family man from and then he um, became like a heroin dealer and he did it because he liked it. And oh, oh, um, Breaking Bad. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I marathon though. So the seasons were out like years prior, but I didn't watch them as they came out. I just, after a few years, like one had three episodes or three seasons, one had five. I just binged them in a row. Um, But the other thing I was going to go to is like my all-time childhood favorite. And I actually just watched Kid 90 yesterday, uh, Soleil Moonfry. Punky Brewster was my jam growing up. Mm -hmm. Were you into Punky Brewster or no? I was not, but I think I might have been like just after Punky Brewster was... Yo, like, I think like when you look, I, I watch, I'm going to, I'm going to binge the series. I watched this episode one. I blinked and it was over. That's how good it was. But I remember everything. Christmas day and, you know, like the pilot and the dog and the way she spoke and she's so cute and the, and the, all the colors and the, and the font and the graphics of the credits, like all the colors, you know, it's like a rainbow bright and her two different shoes. And like growing up, I'd wear two different color socks, two different shoes. And I would always get like, if there was like same shoes, different colors. I would like get two pairs and I would wear different 
you know, the different color shoes. Like I grew up doing that. Yeah. I mean, and, and I was having a conversation with someone I didn't, you didn't realize until I was having that conversation, like how much it like brought me to that. And I think going back and watching those things that like motivated you and inspire you in such a way, I think it's really important to go back and rewatch those because I think it rekindles our spirit and it gives us like, oh my God, this is why I went on this journey or this is why I'm attached to this so much. It gives you this like whimsical, like, like knowing and purpose, I feel. And I think it may be revived idolize it in a whole new way, like, you know, being X amount of years later. Yeah, for sure. It gives you that nostalgia. And it's just so interesting how much watching TV and movies can really influence how you feel, right? Like it's not just about thinking about the storyline. But like you said, it gives you that sort of feeling. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know we were gonna like, uh, totally go into medications and stuff. But uh, it just like flew. So how about um, we have it on uh, the next episode we do together, we'll just talk about meds and deep dive there. Maybe tell some more hair stories. Um, Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Any last thoughts before we roll out? Mm, Be careful with your hair, people. If you love your hair, don't just trust anyone with it. Yeah. And while you're waiting to uh, hear the next episode with us, definitely look at the show notes below because Nicole had me on her podcast, Anxious and Ambitious. It's streaming live. So I'll put it in the show notes so you can uh, tune into that episode. And also we do have giveaways every single episode. So go to the link below, put it in the topic, girl talk and hair and tell us your experience no matter when you're hearing this um, episode because we're giving multiple gifts away. Um, It can be a Zoom with me. It can be art, poetry, music, like it can be anything. Um, We're even giving away money now in interesting ways. So we'd like to share more. But yeah, just make sure you're subscribing, liking, hitting a five star on Apple and Spotify and share this with at least three or four people, please. We'd really appreciate that. And because of you, we're in the top 1.5% podcast out of almost 4 million podcasts. We're almost at the moon. I have a feeling before the season ends, we'll be in the top one point. Like I think we'll be in the top half percent, but I think we're definitely going to be in the top one point. Right now we're 1.5, but I think like together as a collective, we're going to be like in the 1% before the season ends. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Goals, goals. We got to have some goals up, down, all around, have some goals, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.